0: Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere. Where you find fine podcast content, you can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media, at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodwood, am my host this week, like I am every week. And I'm not joined by Kyle because Kyle is out of town for the next two weeks, so I will be rocking uh, some special guests for the next couple of weeks while Kyle is out. One show this week because of the 4th of July holiday, and I'm going to be honest with you, I love you all, but I also love spending time with my family, so I'm going to take a little bit extra time off this week. We'll do one show this week, then we'll have two for you next week. a have got a recruiting special, another one of our preview shows as well. We're probably going to start diving into some Texas previewing, looking at position groups and uh, functional groups. But today we will be doing our West Virginia preview. So we're excited to keep that moving. If you haven't heard all of our other scheduled previews, we've done four thus far, moving each week through the Texas schedule. We've got ULM, Alabama, UTSA, and last we've we a great conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Al Shore of tortillas and takes to help us break down the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So depending on when you're listening to this, we are 60. Count them, 60 days away from kickoff. It is so ridiculous to think about that. For some of you, when you're listening to this later, it might even be sooner. And for you, I am very jealous of, but... We are in week five of our schedule previews. We are into conference play. And so we've got the West Virginia Mountaineers. We've got a return customer, a friend of the show, uh, Andy Facemeyer from the Smoking Musket. You may know him as Stats Boy Andy. He's here with us, uh, with me, because Kyle, again, like I said, is not here because he's a big jerk and on vacation. Uh, But Andy is here with us to help us preview the Mountaineers. Man, How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for uh, having me on. And, yeah, I'm also jealous of –
1: the future listeners since they will have like a better idea of like how the chaos that we currently are experiencing is is going to unfold which is a much better place to be <laughs> so uh, like- unknown so
0: yeah, so like let's let's talk about that. We are it's July third, Sunday, again, a little inside pull. This is gonna go on on Tuesday. But we're recording it Sunday night, so uh, if something changes between then and now, well whoops. But like we're in the midst of this like weird Big Twelve, Pac twelve situation, and it seems like the Big Twelve may have backed itself in like into a really enviable position. So as a West Virginia fan, like how are you feeling right now? So I I
1: was just, um, I actually just posted, uh, reposted on Twitter a couple of the things that I wrote last year about conference realignment. Uh, And it's kind of interesting, like, I think they mostly held up. That, like, my approach after this is now our, as a WVU fan, this is, like, our fourth time experiencing (laughs) conference realignment in the last 20 years. Um, Like, to be, like, in the heat of the conference realignment. Uh, although I guess maybe you can consider that this is just like a a continuation of what of what you and Oklahoma started last last summer, right? That in a lot of ways that this is that that predicated what is happening now in a lot of ways. Um, but but like as a WVU fan, it, it feels interesting because I don't have a sense of impending dread for once. <laughs> like you know, there's not a oh god. Um, and actually, as a West Virginia fan, so full disclosure for our for the, for the listeners, I live in Arizona. So the, the possibility of getting WVU football and basketball a two-hour drive in, in Phoenix from me every day so often is freaking exciting. Like, that is a very exciting possibility. Um, so I, I will, in the interest of full disclosure, I am, like, all aboard the, the, the like, eat the Pac-12 trade. Like I'm all aboard that. You're,
0: you're willing to see a couple of body clock games happen because you can just take a quick jaunt over to Tucson and watch them play
1: Arizona, right?
0: Yeah, I can go to Tucson
1: or Phoenix. You know, I live uh, I live in Flagstaff, so it's it's about a two-hour drive to Phoenix or a four-hour drive to Tucson, as opposed to currently the closest game to me is Texas Tech, and that's about a 12-hour drive a little bit over 12 hours probably for me BYU would be a little will be a a little closer um not much that's about a nine-hour drive to 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 Provo so yeah I'm I'm super super pumped about that just from a purely like self-interest
0: and if the ACC implodes as well, then maybe the Big 12 will just grab some some uh, East Coast teams for for the West Virginia fans that are closer to home. Uh, expand this thing. Just go coast to coast. Just do it. Just get, get both coasts covered. Have the Big 12 uh, be referring to time zones. Grab Hawaii. 12 time zones are covered in the Big 12. Just do it. Yeah, so I think one of the things that I could really see happening, especially with some
1: news, some rumors as they were, um, that Oregon and washington are in very serious discussions with the big 10 something i could foresee is like that we go to that there are four real like four major ish conferences left so you would have or maybe five like i could see the mountain west kind of picking up oregon state and washington state i i can't imagine i'm trying to imagine like the conversation at Cal or Stanford about the possibility of parking football in the in the Mountain West and just imagining their heads exploding. <laughs> like those are the only two schools in the world that would care that they were in the Mountain West, right? Like, like those two schools actually give it like have some nominal notion about that, but the
0: Big Ten's not going
1: to take both of those, so no. one of you,
0: one of you. Well, and like the pro- like trying to the prospect of of like Cal Berkeley and Baylor or TCU being in the same conference, just like Can ideologically, you you have less conversation about. But Baylor and BYU, oh. <laughs> oh, this is all wild speculation. We still don't know. I mean, these are still ripples from when Nebraska left the Big Twelve like a decade ago, and so we're still navigating that and it'll be okay it's fine it's okay let's talk about some more speculation but maybe stuff that's going to happen sooner rather than later i don't know maybe we'll see but um we're heading into year four of the Neil brown experiment at west virginia he's i believe 17 and 18 is the record in in three seasons one of those covid shortened years years but it seems like his his seat has been hot for a while or at least uh warm for a little bit and so i've got two questions for you uh on a scale of one to ten flaming couches how hot is his seat and also what's it going to take to see neil brown get to a year five so there's a part a one to ten flaming couches how hot is the seat and then what's it going to take for him to get another year so i think to his credit after the bowl game which i sat
1: through and was thankfully inebriated enough to like have some zen about (laughs) um, this is not the like source like i'm not like inside information but from what i've heard there was a conversation between Shane Lyons and him. And that's how you have, you know, a whole new offensive coordinator set up. Right. You know? And so I I think that he made a decision, I think a very smart decision, not a decision unlike uh, Mike Gundy made about this point in his Oklahoma state career where he became more of an executive head coach. Right. And mm. turns over the offense. Because he, like, we had an offensive coordinator, but I, it's not it was never clear to anyone how much control, like, was given up as far as how that was working. And also yeah. the offense just wasn't working. And so I think that's going to make a big I think that cooled that temperature down considerably. I think also, like, that they've brought in a couple of really high – high caliber transfers, you know, they really, I think played the transfer game really, really well. Um, And I think so, I think that stuff combines to like lower that temperature a little bit, but that also comes with some expectations. So I, I think that that temperature is cool, but I think that you could see that that turned up really quickly. Got it. So I would say like on a, like a 10 scale, I'd say he's probably like a four starting the season. Like okay. it's not like, it's not cold. He's not like locked in, but I think he doesn't like, I don't think he's in a situation where he has to, you know, immediately win right at the start of the season. Although I think he kind of does. We can talk about that later, but like, <laughs> yeah, like there are some things about the way the WVU season is structured. Thank you, Oliver Luck for, for like leaving us with the structure. Um, Cause as you know, college football schedules, or seemingly like have to be arranged a decade in advance for reasons that escape me.
0: At least nine years in advance. Yeah, at least like nine that. years. Um, so like,
1: yeah, so I, w- I guess I would put it that way, that I think that he is, his job is not in any, like, I don't, it would take a pretty big like collapse to see him fired in, during the season. Like we're not leaving him on the tarmac anywhere unless it's like epic collapse. But I think, so I think that unless there's just some sort of like, Complete collapse. He's fine for another year. Now next year he could could really be in in some heat. Uh, but I think this year, you know, he has a little bit of a leash um, because of of some of that goodwill uh, and and certainly has brought in an excellent recruiting class for next year. Like they have they have signed and and we are have outcompeted Penn State for a couple guys. Which well, that's nice. I don't think we have done that. Since the really not even in the rich era where we you know out competing Penn State for for Pennsylvania guys like that's you have to look back to like the Nealon era for the last time we seriously were were winning like four star recruits out of Penn State's backyard.
0: And, and that generally tells you that some of these kids, these higher-rated kids, are bought into what Neil Brown is doing in the direction of the program. It's, it's the same story we're seeing in Austin right now where Texas is landing these five-star kids because, well, people are, I guess, generally convinced about the direction that, that Sark is taking. You gave me two different segues, and I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to do, and maybe I'll just roll them into one. Uh, but you, you talked about bringing in Graham Harrell, a name that's familiar to anybody who's been around the Big 12 for any amount of time. Uh, so what is what are the expectations for the offense, you know, you know, Brown was kind of the de facto offensive coordinator leading up to this, and now they bring in Graham Harrell, a guy who has been able to to fill up a scoreboard, but he's never really been on a team that could pair it with the defense. So, like, what are the expectations for for Harrell and the offense, and what do you hope to see in, in 2022? I think you'll see a
1: much higher tempo offense. I think it's it's a different style. So, like, Neil comes out of that same Texas Tech air raid thing but he used a lot of like swing passes has not had the quarterback that he needed pretty much the entire time he's been here to yeah. so, like do what he needed to do. And so I think you're going to see a much more like maybe closer to what Dana was running. Okay. They're different. I mean, people talk about the, and I, I talk about this all the time. People think that the air rate is this like system that is very like, More like the West Coast offense, which is pretty much the same thing for the last 50 years. But air raid offenses are actually wildly different. Mm -hmm. Like each, you know, each sort of practitioner of that dark art runs a little (laughs) bit different. Like they, like what they're up to. Like if you look at like what Mike Leach is doing, it's very different from what Dana does. Right. And so like Dana runs like three, Dana's wide receivers know like three route trees. Like, their route tree is super small, yeah. but they run out of, like, a billion formations, yep. right? And so I think from what I can can glean, both from watching, you know, the the spring game and, and watching some Graham Harrow, I think it's a little closer to that, where, like, you have simpler route trees, but you run a lot of different formations. You know, I think that, that that'll be a difference. I think that the expectation is we've had a pretty good defense the last you know four years five years really we've had a pretty solid defense i think that that's the expectation again that we continue to have, to pair having a higher tempo offense right with a a good defense so it's looking a little bit more like what had he been able to to make a few things work better what dana kind of wanted although by the time dana left we were a run offense
0: like mm-hmm. we were
1: we were like pounding the ball like 40 times a game if, if we could get away with it. So I don't know, like, I don't get the sense of like how much Grant Harrell is going to want to do that kind of thing. And I think that'll be like something we'll have to like see what he can do and, and what he can recruit. Um, you know, what, what kind of offensive line. I mean, that was the problem. That's also been a problem last couple of years is like WVU's offensive line has been atrocious. Uh, it either in, in one of two things they have either not been able to pass block or they haven't been able to run block. And we have not had a situation where we could have just be mediocre at least at one <laughs> of, while being okay at the other one, like kind of hard to judge. Like, so it was kind of hard to judge a quarterback, you know, at times when they're not giving that quarterback any kind of like protection or time. So we'll see, you know, I I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully optimistic. You know I think jt. Daniels brings a level of elite experience that we have not had at quarterback since you know I think will Greer was obviously really good. yep. Yeah. Um, but will didn't have championship title, you know title winning experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Jt Daniels has been on like
0: elite caliber teams. So let's talk about J.t. Daniels. So you know he comes from, this is now his, his third stop in his college career. He's uh, you know played really well at, at USC, but kind of ran into weird injury stuff that happened there. And then um, the injury issues continued at Georgia, and he saw himself uh, behind a kid who led the team to a national championship, regardless of whether or not you uh, are bought into uh, his level of talent. The man won at natty, so he can't really uh, replace the man at the helm. So he lands in Morgantown, and, and we'll have a, a question in the rapid fire at the end about this. But um, when you think about Graham Harrell and you think about a guy with with the arm and the the skills of J T Daniels, like how excited are you for the possibilities of that pairing? When when you think about what the offense can be, especially um, with with Leslie coming back and rebuilding that defense. So I I feel like this is the, the probably the the most potential I have felt our offense has had
1: since the Will Greer years and probably since like the Geno offense. Oh, wow. That's going back. Like, I, I feel like this is that there, you know, we've had serviceable quarterbacks in this whole period, um, you know, and some guys who I, I think are better than we gave them credit for Skylar, uh, Skylar Sa- Sanders was Skylar Sanders. There? That's someone. I
0: <laughs> so good, I
1: remember his name. <laughs> Skylar was good, you know, but not, you know, elite. He was what Dana Holgerson needed at that yeah. moment. I think JT Daniels brings a level of experience and 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 talent. Like, I definitely think he's easily probably the most talented guy we've had at quarterback since, at, at least at a college level. Like, whatever you want to say about Geno's, like, NFL experience, he was mm-hmm. a phenomenal college quarterback. Um, And so I would say at least since Geno Smith, um, I would put him, like, I don't want to, like, I think it's 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 I think he has the potential to be on the same caliber as like guys who competed for Heisman at Wvu uh wow you know bolt mark bulger uh major Harris like I think he has that 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 ceiling now whether or not he performs at that level is a, is an open question but I think he has that ability and so I'm very I was I think that t- took us from being like a marginal bowl eligible team to like having an opportunity. If things go right to, you know, be in the, be in the, uh, the championship game, if everything goes right, you know, which I would not have said without JT Daniels would just not have said that. I would have thought we were, I think he's the difference in probably two or three wins. I'll say, I'll put, I guess that's maybe the easiest way to put that is that I think he could have a plus or like a plus of two, two to three wins which in
0: for for a team like WVU is huge. You know, that's a tremendous difference. If you think about the difference between like a 6 and 6 season and a 9 and 3 regular season, like it's huge, right? And and if JT Daniels had signed with West Virginia, I'm pretty sure he would be like one or two like Either him or Noel Devine would be the top-rated like two four seven pl- composite player uh, to sign with West Virginia. It's like the the history or the the talent is there from a historic perspective for for West Virginia. So let's stay with the passing game, and this will be probably the last offensive question I ask. But Who's he going to throw to? Uh, Let's just say it like that, because West Virginia has seen some folks transfer out. Um, You know, last year's leading receiver is gone. Uh, Like, what's that wide receiver group going to look like? Because that's it's it's great to have a quarterback like JG Daniels in that offense. But uh, what's it going to look like when he uh, who's he going to be throwing the ball to?
1: That's a really good question is
0: who is he going to throw to? I mean, that's. That's a question that I have. Um, <laughs> they might have a spot for you if you want to, if you really want to try out, Andy. Yeah, uh, you know, um, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think
1: that would be my role. Uh, <laughs> but I do think, you know, there is some talent there. You know, I I hesitate to like go by the the addition by subtraction, but I'm honestly of the belief that. You know, there were there was a lot of. I guess this is just sort of a general commentary, and I can kind of drill in on just a couple guys for wide receivers. But like, generally speaking, there was some. There was a lot of concern and consternation among fans early in the sort of transfer. I I watch a lot of soccer, so I have transfer window in my head. Yeah, Uh, there should be a transfer window. Let's be honest. There should be. Like, I think that would legitimately solve some of the like the issues we're having currently issues we're currently having and that, that has not worked out for all of the players who went into the transfer portal, right? Mm, yes, um, but I, I would say that, like, there was a lot of consternation around between WVU fans, like, early on. And I understood that from a certain perspective, but also that offense was bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it, was the mo- it was painful to watch our offense. And it wasn't just because the play calling was baffling at times. It was because people weren't making plays like wide receivers weren't helping quarterbacks out. And so like, I'm not, like I said, I hate to use the addition by subtraction, but it feels like that in some ways that, that just getting rid of some of these guys may be better for the overall team morale. And I'm sure you can understand that at like, like, Texas has had a little bit of that too, right? Like mm-hmm. guys did not want to be there anymore for a variety of reasons. And so that's kind of how I feel that said, I think three names to kind of keep, or at least two names, I would keep an eye on, um, Caden Prather. Uh, everyone has, has, you know, gone on about how great he is in practice. He had a couple moments, uh, last season, you know, where he kind of showed that off highly, you know, highly, highly recruited, um, he's 6 foot 4 211 can can fly what you know what kind what more do you want right to be able to stretch a field um you know and obviously you know we'll have uh Bryce Ford Wheaton back you know he's the beating heart of the of the offense as far as like the guy is everything about West Virginia like mm-hmm. he is a legacy you know his 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 grandfather was a a member, you know, is is a member of the the West Virginia Athletic Hall of Fame. He, you know, just, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton is like what you want on your team, right? And he's he's good. He's really good. Um, Sam James, I like Sam James a lot. I hope maybe he can, you know, he has he's had some yips problems at times. Like he he's seen a, a sports mm. psychologist. And so I feel like if he can kind of work through that, I also kind of think that, that the system that he's gonna be working with will, will help him a little bit because again, I think simplifying route trees, you know, what we're gonna be doing, having a better quarterback will also help <laughs> all those wide receivers. Like having you know, having JT Daniels throw to you is a lot different from, you know, the the cast of characters the last couple of years. Um so I think that's you know those are the people who I I would look for. Uh, you know, there's probably also some other guys that that are you know redshirt freshmen or and some of the transfers, but you you might see pop out. But those are the three that like off the top of my head, and I'm just kind of actually looking through the the roster now that like rise to the top that I, I think of. They all three had pretty decent summers too, mm-hmm. or not summers but springs. So. Yeah that's what we'll have to see is you know how how well they're able to, to adjust and, and is the, does this new offensive line work I'm also curious to see how the defense how that the tight ends work you know mm-hmm. what how he's going to use tight ends they've got some some you know big strong young guys but i honestly don't have a feel for whether or not he's going to want to um you know use those more more as blockers than as weapons, right? So that'll be interesting for me to see. Um but yeah I think the offense I think the running game is going to be really interesting to see who kind of comes out of that uh you know out of that sort of competition. Yeah, I think a lot of people think it's going to be Tony Mathis. We'll see. Um and how much is he going to use that runner? Or is he going to use that runner as a distract a decoy like you know, I don't have a I don't have a feel yet for what Graham is going to want to do with this particular group of group of guys. So
0: so I, I like it. I, there's a lot left outstanding there. And I, I want to switch sides and kind of ask this question on the defense. You know, um, Jordan Leslie was a was a nominee for the Broyles Award, Broyles Award given to the top assistant coach in in college football West Virginia was a team that was led by its defense a year ago um honestly that defense felt like one of those where it's like you don't deserve this offense like this offense you are too good for this offense like you you deserve a, 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 a someone that's going to love you and cherish you and treat you like you're you you are worth it because you are worth it but um the problem is now that Leslie has a bit of a job on his hands. I think it's the top three tacklers from a year ago. Who's going to step up for the Mountaineers? Because they, they, they've they lost a bunch. And West Virginia, they're going to score points. But, you know, do we want to to watch a basketball game every Saturday? So who's what's the defense going to look like this year? I think that's a good question. I mean, what I would say and
1: how I kind of feel about the job that that he has done is that that was also like an open question the first year he was a coordinator like there was the uh, that off season was um, unpleasant to say the least <laughs> um, you know it was just that was not, that was a that was not a an enjoyable experience I think for anyone involved like anyone who was a fan of WVU who you know hadn't who knew some of the people involved you know that whole experience was not you know that's not what you want your your team to go through and so there was a lot of open questions about you know what that defense was going to look like. I mean, but that's also been the case almost every year of the Neil Brown era is that we've had these like open questions about the defense and somehow they have managed to like, even last year, even though you had, you know, you had stills and whoever, there were still a ton of questions about that defense coming into the season. Um, Particularly at linebacker, um, the secondary at WVU, I feel like has been a question every year since I have, been following wvu sports so at least since 1985 uh, when I was born, <laughs> right? you know it's always like a question because it's hard to recruit elite cornerbacks like i feel like elite cornerbacks and elite safeties um are extremely difficult to recruit particularly in this conference where you have a lot of like the wide receivers in this conference are huge like yeah. You have some, like absolutely enormous wide receivers and a lot of who West Virginia has recruited at cornerback for years has been short, fast guys, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so you, have, you like you get some really terrible matchups. Um, so like, I think there are questions. Uh, I think that, that I'm, I am curious actually to see who steps up. Um, some of the people who you thought might step up did, did leave. And I don't know if that's again, you know, hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, see, so yeah, I'm definitely curious to see who kind of steps up. There are some guys with good pedigrees that you've never heard of, <laughs> and that I don't like, you know. We'll see, we'll see. So I, I'm, I'm curious myself to see kind of how those guys develop and who kind of, you know, steps up and takes that. I mean, there is sort of like a question about we had a choice in some fashion between who we picked as our defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. some ways. And there are some guys who are now on Miami at the university of Miami who could have been still here. And so that will always, I think kind of be an open question. And I think if, if the defense really struggles this year, I think you will hear a much louder kind of push on, well, why didn't you keep Jamal Adai? I think that will be an interesting kind of like low key storyline to keep your, like to keep a handle on for WVU fans is like, how do we uh, parse out Jordan? You know, how, how does that, you know, the one that got away kind of play in if the defense does struggle. But from what I've seen, honestly, of Jordan Leslie, I'm not super concerned because I feel like he does a really good job with what he's given um, and that he, he's not like reliant on a specific system to make it work that he, he just, you know, makes the most out of what he's got. So we'll see. We, we will definitely see. But I think that's a good, I think that's a question I have a lot of questions
0: about. <laughs> we'll, f- we'll find out together. Uh, so one last question then we'll jump to the rapid fire. When we look back in you know, I guess not six months from now, six, seven ish months from now, maybe in January, if things go really, really well, like what would you say is a measure of success for West Virginia this year? If you look back and you're looking at the season, like this was successful, what would you say, uh, or what would you be describing? Like what kind of season would you be talking about?
1: Well, I think, you know, I'll know right away how how to answer that question because we opened with Pitt. Um, and <laughs> you no, know, and, and any season that involves a victory over Pitt it's not a complete disaster. It
0: feels, uh, good. It feels good.
1: It feels good, especially because we haven't, you know, that that um not having that game over the last decade has been it's it's it kind of sucks the life out of things. But we also get a shot another shot at Virginia Tech. So nice. like, you know, there are some there are some, you know, measurables that I think are not necessarily like show up in the in the total win and loss record like if you can if we you know if we come through september and we are you know we roll into to uh to austin at four and oh i'm gonna feel pretty good about the rest of that season regardless of what happens but <laughs> yeah. um i i think for this team with with jt daniels and graham Harrell and and the returning you know what we've got the momentum i think a successful season is you know, probably like eight and four, nine and three um, being competitive against Oklahoma and Texas and, and Oklahoma state. I, I I kind of feel like Iowa state or not Iowa state. I feel like Baylor is going to come back a little bit. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Um, Okay. I could be wrong, but I think like have like, being competitive in, in all of our games, I think is is the big is like where we need to be. Like we feel like we can win football games and we can can challenge. You know, uh, the only team we haven't beaten is Oklahoma. I don't think anyone expects Neil to beat Oklahoma this year or or before they leave. But certainly that would be um that would be big, you know, to to possibly possibly have our last game against Oklahoma as a win. Um, so yeah, I think like eight and four, nine and three would be a, a success, and anything beyond that would be gravy. I feel like if we finish six and six, seven and five, that that's kind of a disappointment. Um, which is a good place to be, I think, when you're like, eh, six and six is kind of a disappointment going to a ball game, eh, eh. yeah, I think that's kind of a good place to be. Yeah, like I said, I think I love eight it. four and three is where I would feel like we were. We had had made some measurable progress. You would kind of hate to waste JT Daniels on a like an 8-14, honestly. Yeah. Schedule. We play, um, we play eleven, uh, FCS teams next year. So or FBS, yeah, FBS teams. We play eleven FBS teams and eleven Power Six teams. Wow. So, yeah. We don't, our only non-conference game that's not against uh, a power five team is, is Towson. Okay. That's so big... like that's, that's a big lift to yeah. stuff like 11, you know, most people do not do that anymore. And so I think cotton is in that And also one, of two of those are on the road. Both of those are on, two of those three are on the road. We go to Pittsburgh
0: and to Blacksburg next year. Ooh. So yeah. And, you can you can thank Texas later for running off Jordan Addison because Texas took Brennan Marion from Pitts, so like that hopefully should should help you all week one. But uh, I, yeah, there's very little that that um, anybody really wants to thank Texas for. But I feel like that's probably one thing you can. <laughs> that's fair. That's so fair. so let's let's jump into the rapid fire now, and we'll, we'll we'll give you the rest of your evening back. But just some fun questions to close this out. So J T Daniels transferring in. We mentioned it already. Uh, spent. Grew up in in California, spent a couple of years in L.A. at USC, spent his last year in Athens, and now he's in Morgantown. So if you had to give him like a real orientation to Morgantown in West Virginia, what are the like three things that you need to make sure he knows to be successful and to survive uh, Morgantown?
1: And I think he's starting to get a little bit of this already, but... Um, some of it is practical advice. Uh, the great Tony Caridi, our play-by-play guy, always says that nothing good happens after midnight. So just don't be in Morgantown after midnight. You'll be fine. Um, if you're someone who has like a career or or something on the line, <laughs> you know, um, But I think you know, embrace, embrace Morgantown, embrace West Virginia. Our fans are a lot of things, um, but they 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 are are. You know they are they will support you um 100 if you embrace them um so i think just embrace that i think uh you know understand the culture that you're walking into that we're not uh you know georgia we're not usc that's not the experience you're gonna have you know we're not a we're not this like huge superpower we have a long and proud tradition and history but we're not that that cool um so i think just embrace the fact that you know you're you that you're in that situation but you also have an opportunity to 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 do something really special like you can be really special at WBU, um maybe in a way that you weren't able to do that at georgia so i think embrace that i think um and i guess my third my third point would be um you know, enjoy yourself, you know, do have a, do enjoy this time and make the most of it and don't feel like you have to do everything by yourself. And I, I, those are just, I know kind of like platitudes. Uh, also, I guess I will say, um, go to the fishbowl and get a fishbowl, um, yeah, enjoy your
0: enjoy enjoy what Morgantown has to offer. No couches on the porch. Okay, so uh so let's let's it's the NIL era. So if you had to find a West Virginia player whether current or past, will go recent history, and pair them up with like the dream, the perfect NIL sponsorship, who would you pick? What would be the player, the business and why?
1: Oh, this is easy. It's Owen Schmidt and any beer just dis- beer distributory. <laughs> Because he was called the beer truck, like that's what Tony Carini used to call it was I the beer it. truck on the field,
0: just like have Owen Schmidt driving a beer truck around. I love it. It's it's great. So, um, if you had to if you were in charge of coming up with a new name for the conference, which whatever this Big Twelve, Pac Twelve team up's gonna be, what would you name it? What would be the name for the new conference?
1: Good, because I hate the I hate the numbers names. I, I right. Know why, I know why they exist. I, I almost would would reclaim. The, like, especially if we end up with, like, Arizona, and uh, the two Arizonas and Utah and Colorado, I would be very tempted to bring back the SWC. Okay. Even though West Virginia is not the Southwest, we have West in our name. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. be tempted to think about, like, the Southwest. Obviously, you know, there's some names out there that are... That are already in existence, like the American Conference or something like that. But (laughs) I would be awfully tempted to go with the Southwest Conference because the bulk of that conference is like in the Southwest or nominally like the South or the, or we're in the Southwest Conference, right? So I I, I would be tempted. I would be tempted.
0: I love it. Last question. Last question. You have to pick an artist to make the perfect cover of Take Me Home Country Roads. Who do you pick and why? That's
1: a good question. There's
0: a lot of bad ones out there. There uh, are.
1: That and Wagon
0: Wheel have just a a, te- a a wagon full of terrible covers. You know, I
1: actually like, because um, I, I think I would like to get Emmylou Harris to do it. Because okay. she already has some like really good folk songs about West Virginia that she does. And she has the right kind of like folky twang. So that's just a very like, no, Few people today would like be like, oh yeah, Amy Lou Harris, but I, I would. That's that's maybe who I would go with. It's like having me
0: having me some Amy Lou singing "Take Me Home, Country Roads." But it's perfect. So Andy, thank you so much for giving us uh, your time, brother. If people want more of what you've got to offer, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Andy. It's Andy with an I. Um, but you can find me there. You can also find me on the Smoking Musket. Um, I usually do our uh, throughout the football season, I usually do our power rankings. Sorry to Baylor fans who will never be happy with what they get, because it reflects my uh, feelings that they shouldn't exist as a university. Um,
0: <laughs> find uh, me. You
1: can always find me at the Smoking Muscat and on Twitter. Um, that's you know that's where I I kind of reside these days. Awesome, well, Andy. Thank, thank you so much, much for for giving us your time. I know
0: it's uh, like dinner time there, so go get something to eat, enjoy your evening, and we will talk soon. Great. Thanks. So a couple of quick updates before we – before I – I guess I keep saying me because Kyle's not here. But before I call it a week, Texas picked up a commitment from four-star defensive lineman Sadir Mitchell out of New Jersey. 6'5", 3'35". Daniel Seahorn, our recruiting guy over at Burnt Orange Nation, uh, basically says that offensive linemen are trying to block a bear when they're blocking this kid, and that checks – out. Big humans are not just for the offensive line, they're for the defensive line as well. I'm a big fan of Sadir Mitchell. He's the kind of guy that Texas could use in uh, an odd front or uh, playing against uh, like a shaded nose or kind of that that interior uh, defensive line position. Just eat up blocks. Just have a big behind, grab two folks and sit down and you can uh, hold them up there. That lets your linebackers play free and it allows you to do um, more defensively when You don't have uh, offensive linemen running free at your linebackers. I'm a big fan. We'll see uh, how it shakes out. This this recruiting class holding steady at number two. Keep adding. Four-star kids to it. There'll be some five-star, hopefully added to it, uh, more as the class progresses. And then there are reports. We were talking last week that the the Texas baseball staff and roster were going to look pretty different next year. Uh, And it seems like, according to Kendall Rogers, uh, Texas has hired MLB veteran woody williams as the new pitching coach again no announcement from the school uh but kendall is pretty tied in and tapped in uh williams has spent the last six years as the pitching coach at san jacinto community college uh, probably will help texas with some of those recruiting needs as well but he uh they've been a san jacinto has been an absolute monster uh, at san jacinto community college and i think he could be a big uh, addition to texas he was and woody williams was also um a a hit he was when he was a pitcher. He was a, a pretty solid hitter as well. So it'd be nice to have him uh, on the roster. He played 20 seasons in. The bigs. But that's all we have got for you this week. You can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodwich, follow show on Twitter at LonghornPod, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Have an incredible week. We will be back next Tuesday. We will have Hudson from Horns247 on to talk some recruiting, and then we will dive into our next conference preview you don't want to miss it have an incredible day have an incredible week and until next time hook em.